Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The Action Network Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our expert guide series. We're not just giving you a fish. We are teaching you how to fish to become a better, better. And today we talk about the NBA. I am your host, Dane Martinez, the statistician. And with me today to talk about betting the NBA and getting sharper are my guys, Matt Moore. He's a senior NBA writer for the Action Network. And of course, Dan Titus as well, NBA writer, producer, analyst, for the Action Network. How you guys doing? Let's make people's better betters when it comes to the NBA. Excited to talk to you today about NBA betting. Let's do it. Excited to be here with you, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so let's get let's get it started, right? Because first of all, this industry is just now so inundated with people claiming they know. So, Matt, let me start with you. Like, how long have you been betting the NBA? Like, how often do you bet the NBA? Quite frankly, excuse me for asking, but like, what makes you an actual expert? Well, I, you know, I think for me, the expert part comes from covering the league for 15 years. I've been betting the NBA for about 20. Uh, I started in college betting and, and have carried through. For me, I'm betting daily on the NBA now at action, where it's every single day on the NBA regular season, props, sides, totals. We do so many shows on the Action Network to try and make people smarter and better. And that's been the biggest part of my growth as a better is being around the smart people at Action Network, being around people like Chris Raybon, being around people like Dan Titus, being around people like Brandon Anderson have made me sharper and smarter in how to cover these things, as well as, you know, the experience of just covering the NBA for 15 years. I tend to try and bring what I consider to be a little bit more of a, of a knowledgeable look at the league and how it works, how it operates, what guys are happy who, where, and which guys are unhappy, how that's working out the schemes that different teams use. I get really into the weeds and that can be a challenge sometimes when betting, because you can get too close to it. For sure. I'm betting almost every night. You know, I've been doing this since 2009, since graduating from college, I got my first job and I really just dedicated much of my paycheck to building out an extraordinary Jordan collection and placing a lot of bad bets on the Sixers. I'm a Sixers fan at heart. I remember like it was yesterday going to game six in 2009 versus the magic. I had hundreds of dollars on the bet on, on the game and, and Richard Lewis put me in misery. So I've learned to not bet on the Sixers as frequently, but I've also learned a lot joining the Action Network team. You know, as I get to break down the game and, and really get into my analytics, I also get to hear experts like Matt that have been around the league for 15 years and getting the quantitative analysis from the likes of, of Ray Bond, Stucky, Sean Kerner, and NFL as well. Yeah, absolutely. Download the Action Network app, subscribe to the Action Network YouTube channel, unless, of course, you are allergic to money. My man Dan is trusting the process with the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> but I got to ask you, Matt, like, 
you know, you've been in this game for a long time. Is it possible for someone new to kind of get into this world and actually be effective or profitable? If you had to give one piece of advice for someone new to betting the NBA, what would be like kind of the cornerstone bedrock principle? What are the big rocks here people need to know when they're starting to bet the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think the toughest thing about the NBA is the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. The playoffs, I think, are where the most value is, but obviously nobody wants to wait until the playoffs come just right. for three months a year. If you're going to do that, I think the big lessons is, one, you need to be starting from some sort of number. You can work off of the work that somebody else does. We've got projections at Action Network. You can look in the app and find what we've got games modeled at. You have to have a sense of like where the number was. When I was betting blind, it was really tough for me. And, and recently, this year, I started building my own model to get a projection on what I think the number should be. That helped a ton, not just for knowing spots to bet, for, but for what was a stay away. I'd like a side a lot, but the number would say, mm, this is a little bit too within the margin of error. This is about the right line for where these teams are at based off of whatever principles you want. That's why I think it makes it tough for inexperienced bettors. The other thing here is to understand if you're going to bet, you need to bet early or you need to bet late. And what I mean by that is if you're watching a game on a Tuesday and you see that somebody sprained their ankle and it's pretty bad, and then the line comes out and you see that that line is not reflecting that that player is injured, that's a good spot to bet on it if you can get on it early. Otherwise, you want to wait. You really need to wait to be able to see, one, what the market does. And we can track that in the Action Network app to find out where the Sharps are coming in and where they think the movement is. But the biggest thing is injuries. Player availability in the regular season is maddening yeah. in this day and age. Guys just take off. Guys are not motivated. Guys are on back-to-backs. And all that's factored into the line a little bit. So you want to wait to the last possible moment and try and take advantage of those spots where the line is not moved yet on a player deciding, nope, not tonight. I'm resting my body for the future, for the next game or whatever. Looking for those types of spots, you have to be really in the information flow if you want to be profitable as an NBA better. Yeah, I mean, you know, my man Herman Edwards always used to say the greatest ability is availability. And to me, that's one of the challenges in betting the NBA, right, Dan? I mean, you know, Matt mentioned it before, like you got a night game one night and they got a back to back the next day. I'm almost banking on the fact that Star X is not going to play these days. And that might be a way to get ahead of some numbers. What to you is kind of uniquely challenging about betting the NBA? Is it that kind of scheduling and how many times guys take nights off? I mean, the league even had to come out with something about making people play on televised games or three nights in four days, what, what have you. What do you think is the biggest challenge specifically to NBA betting? Yeah, I think Matt touched on it and you just nailed it right there. And I think it's the NBA's um, player availability issue. And, you know, despite the NBA's persistence to try to get teams to disclose injuries and the significance of injuries in a timely manner, it makes it very frustrating for NBA better specifically. So I, you know, I implore people to, if you're on the move and you don't have time to dig into the analysis and read every injury report that's being released, uh, what is now by the hour in some cases, you know, make sure you turn on the fantasy labs notifications to, um, in, in Twitter, because I think it's really helpful if you're wanting to bet on the fly and you need to know who's in and out of the lineup, because that's really going to inform your bets. And, you know, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to do some pregame research and realizing that everybody's process is different, right? Like I'm not uh, right now, I'm not, you know, developing my own power ratings or player uh, projections, 
But there's a lot of people that are smarter than me, like Brandon Anderson, Chris Raybon, et cetera, that do this work for you. So depending on how you consume your information and conduct your research, you know, go to those, find those sources of information that you trust to get to, to almost counterbalance or, or replace that information that you can't get on your own. And then obviously the eye test is also important. You know, if you're, if you watch hoops, um, make, and you have a lean to something, go look into the data or listen to someone that, that has some informed information to kind of validate or, uh, you know, substantiate your lean. Um, or if you have to fade it, you know, that is a possibility too, as Matt, you know, sometimes he looks at his numbers and he's like, you know what, something's not right here. This is just a pass for me. It's okay to do that. And when you're betting the night, the NBA nightly, you have to be patient. So I think that, th- that Matt brought up some really good points there as well. I want to I follow up on that, like this availability question, because I think it's actually getting bigger and bigger in the NBA as more and more stars kind of manage their workload throughout the season, right? LeBron takes like two weeks off every January. These guys are yeah. saying, as long as we're okay by playoff time, it's all good. You know, I mentioned a strategy that I use sometimes, okay? When teams have a back-to-back and Star X is playing on the front end, I'll almost take a position that he is not playing on the back end of, you know, a back-to-back before that report even comes out the next day, right? You can see those lines overnight. And before they announce that, you know, whether it is LeBron or KD or whoever it is, is not playing. Do you guys ever do that kind of anticipating get ahead of that availability news, especially these days as players are taking games off more and more? Yeah, I think the big thing here is, once again, keeping the information loop, because there's usually hints about this. They'll be asked, you know, on the front end of the back of back in the pregame press conference, which comes an hour and 45 minutes before tip. Coach will usually say, you know, so-and-so is good to go tonight. We'll see what his status is is for tomorrow. As soon as you hear, we'll see what his status is, that's in question. That's immediately, (laughs) and that's immediately, he's not absolutely going to play. If he's going to play, they'll be like, yeah, he's going to play the back-to-back. Should be no problems there. It's back-to-back, but whatever, it's fine. You can also pay attention to the trends throughout the season. Like you can just watch as this goes through. Teams will pretty clearly state their intentions for these back-to-backs. There'll be exceptions. I would say this is an important part of it. Prepare to get burned. You're going to have nights where you're just like, what? This guy's, when did this guy go out? That's why, again, like the timing matters. If you want to be sure that you know the rosters, you cannot bet until basically within the last 30 minutes before the game. 30 minutes is when teams have to submit their rosters for availability. That's the limitation on it. And sometimes those don't get out in time until it's like 15 minutes before. Timing is crucial here if you want to reduce your risk factor. Now, I I go the other way where I want to get out earlier because I want to try and get ahead of those moves sometimes to improve my margin here on some of these spreads because it's so tough. But those are the two ways I think you have to look at it if you're approaching the NBA is the instability of some of this information and trying to go that way. I think when you try and get ahead of things, you can make those calculated risks, but you better be in the information flow and not just like, well, it's a back-to-back, so we shouldn't play, right? Find out what that player's approach to it is, how that coach's approach to it is, how much of a say the team gets in managing the injury. All those things matter when figuring out if a player is going to play or not. And bear in mind that the back-to-back is already going to be factored in to that spread before you get started. Fair enough. Dan, we're talking a little bit now about kind of like the day-to-day grind, right? The second of a back-to-back and understanding that. Let's step back a little bit, though, Dan. You know, we're in the offseason right now in the NBA. A very exciting time, to be quite honest. We're about to enter what I call like the legal tampering period or whatever the case may be. What are some of the things you look at at this point of the season when starting to organize your hierarchy of teams moving forward? Is it player movement? Is it 
coach movement? Is it teams that you think may have a different style of play? Teams coming off bad injury seasons? You know, at this stage of the NBA calendar, what are the data sources? What are the information that you're looking to to get ready for the next season? Yeah, I'm really looking for continuity here. And, you know, I, I try to be risk adverse when I'm starting the NBA season because I, I tend to shy away from teams that have a, a significant coaching change, like a head coaching uh, that, that could affect the strategy and scheming of the offense or defense, as well as player movement, because, you know, this is the player empowerment era and right. teams are teaming up players are teaming up all over the place. So um, you, that's going to take time for people to gel. So I think it's really important, you know, despite, you know, I, I know that the summer league isn't really must see TV, but really getting a look at the early look of how teams are going to be um, how players are going to be integrating into teams, but then also going into the preseason, how do those teams translate? How does the carry over? And I, I think it's important to kind of look at uh, some of the data in terms of, you know, because stars aren't going to play all those minutes in the preseason, but you know, what, the, what is the turnover like? Because those are the teams I want to avoid initially because it's just more risk. There's more volatility when there's more moving parts. So if you look at the teams that don't change a lot in early in the season, I think that that's really a better's advantage uh, because there's less risk there. You talk about that continuity and of course, both Boston and Golden State in the latest version of the NBA Finals literally grew that core together from yeah. the draft. You know, Matt, let me ask you, I'm asking about kind of anticipating as well, right? Whether on a day-to-day -day basis or at this point of the NBA season, are you a guy that maybe will take a position on a team pre-free agency, you know, knowing or assuming or thinking that some big player move is going to happen that's going to reduce their futures odds. Like, for example, personally, I believe Bradley Beal's going to Miami. You know, we've heard, could DeJounte Murray be going to Atlanta, which would dramatically make their, say, Eastern Conference odds a lot shorter. But then again, you can't believe anything you hear at this point of the NBA season. Are you a kind of guy who would take that and kind of get ahead of it, like betting the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron decided to come on home and almost anticipating what rosters are going to look like two months from now? Yeah. So what I'll say here, I think on, on this matter is there's a couple of things to factor in here. Not all books are going to allow you to cash out. If you shorten those values, it's good to build your hedge positions for the playoffs, but you need to be able to be confident that they're going to be in a position for you to hedge. Like that's the starting point. So you said the Hawks and they might get make a major move with DeJounte Murray, but they might also lose John Collins or another player. And if that's the case, as we record this today, you know, you want to, if you bet on the Hawks, you better believe that they can actually win the Eastern conference. On the other hand, right after the Warriors won the title, I put in three bets and wrote about them on action network for the title next season, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. All three of those teams are teams that I think can improve in the off season that have a serious chance of being contenders right from the jump. The Clippers, obviously, without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, their odds were plus 850. They've already shortened. Uh, I We bet on the Philadelphia 76ers because I believe that Daryl Morey was going to reshape the roster in his image around the players that he's decided to go in with and Joel Embiid and James Harden. That's still in the process, but we're already seeing some benefit there. And then we also got the Bucs, who quite honestly probably would have beaten the Celtics in the playoffs if Chris Middleton was healthy. So and when you're getting those guys, you, you have to ask yourself, what do I think the chance of this team winning the title is? And is that commiserate with what their expected value is based on the odds? And we've got tools over at Action Network to help you figure those percentages out in our calculator section. And that's a good place to start if you're looking for future odds. It's not just about will these odds shorten? Because you're not always guaranteed a cash out option from these books. Right. You need to look at 
Am I going to be a position where if it's the Eastern Conference semifinals or it's the Eastern Conference finals, do I have a position that I can then hedge against with another team that'll be at a good value? And those are the teams that I thought gave me the best opportunity at longer odds to be able to do that later on. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting the right shares of the right teams at the right time. So, Dan, let me go on over to you because, you know, everybody these days are not only betting sides and totals, but the prop market is huge these days. And especially in the NBA, you know, I mean, we could bet points, rebounds, assists. I could bet player combos. I could bet made threes, which is something that a lot of people are on these days as the kind of math and geometry of NBA basketball changes. What do you do when betting props in the NBA? Yeah, and I think my handicapping for props is slightly different from a, a game level if you're talking against the spread, straight up total or money line here. But, you know, I, I think my process really goes back to, you know, leveraging the Action Labs projection tool. Uh, I think it's very handy in terms of getting an idea of what the, the ceiling is for certain players. And then also leveraging that with some of my own research that I do uh, using tools such as prop.cash. Um, and following other um, notable trend sites like Fanshore um, that that tracks out and trends um, tracks player performance um, on a, several different filters. But you know, I think that when you're betting player props, it's really about the opportunity and usage rate. And mm-hmm. so, like when I'm targeting my player props, I really like to to do players that are going to get a lot of minutes. You know, there's going to be a high ceiling of at least 30 minutes and opportunity. Where can they take advantage of mismatches? So I also tend to use uh, defensive versus position uh, metrics as well. So I can get a, a baseline understanding of how a team performs against a certain position and if there could be value or edge there uh, to exploit. So um, there's also uh, plenty of other tools that you could use, but you know, if you're trying to look for player availability, which I think is probably the biggest advantage that you could have in, in exploiting a matchup, um, make sure that you develop a Twitter list. Um, there's tons of NBA beat writers out there that you can uh, court, that you can aggregate a list of them so you can get up-to-date information on all those players, how they're performing, what changes systematically they may be making to get more opportunity for certain players, you know, and definitely look towards the end of the season. When teams are tanking, that is ripe for opportunity for players that are getting more time, more exposure that could certainly that the books may not uh, initially account for. And, and you could find some edge cases there to really take advantage of. No, absolutely. You know, Matt, one of the things that's even bigger maybe than props these days betting in the NBA is betting it live, okay? Live action in the NBA has grown so much in the percentage of handle on basketball. And to be quite honest, Matt, I think it's because of the tried and true saying in the NBA – everybody makes a run. And so quite frankly, I'm almost just betting 20 second timeouts. Like, oh, you just called the timeout to stop the momentum. Let me bet there. Then we got another little run. Stop 20 second timeout, stop the momentum, bet there. I have seen that become profitable because at its core, the NBA and basketball is a game of runs. So Matt, how crazy am I? How do you bet the NBA live? No, I think you're on target here. I mean, look, this is something that's always amusing me where a team will go go down you know, 23 to five to start. And everyone's like, well, this game's over. And I was like, have you not watched an NBA game before? Like ever in in its entire history? It's especially true now though, with the way that three-point variance has swung things over the last couple of years, that's been a big factor. Is that simply one team shooting over expected performance and one team shooting drastically under, one of those is usually going to regress. Maybe not both of them, but one of them will probably regress, which is going to open up the opportunity if you can find the line. Now, the odds are pretty sharp. You're going to have to really find those opportunities. 
taking situations, I think, especially where one team is favored and jumps out to a big lead and then right. the lead expands rather than if the dog jumps out early, I'm a little bit more cautious. I actually look for line reversals where if a team was favored or was a dog by three points and they're a favorite in the second quarter by three points or more, that line inversion is kind of a point for me to buy back the other way because the books are still expecting the favorite to wind up coming through though. They're always going to be weighted towards that. So I think there are opportunities there. The other thing I'll say is we're seeing an expanding market for live prop bets. And this Mm -hmm. is still a market. I think that the books are having a hard time getting as sharp as possible on. We did that a lot on our NBA bet streams uh, with the NBA and had a lot of success with them where if a guy has a good first quarter, they're still going to be weighted against their pregame expectation. But if that's that guy's night, he's going to get more touches. There's an inherent human desire from teammates to feed guys who are playing well. So I think those are the opportunities that you need to look for when live betting. You know, and I completely agree with you, Matt. And also sometimes in the NBA, these guys look for benchmark numbers, right? So Luca drops 23 in the first half. They're hanging 38 and a half. And I'm like, nah, they're going to try and get them 40 tonight. You know, that's actually the number you can go to. I look at things like volume as well. Somebody may have a poor efficient shooting in the first half, but if they are still getting the touches, they are still getting the usage. Eventually, maybe those shots will drop. Dan, you know, you were talking about earlier in this episode, betting with emotion right? The idea of following the 76ers all the time and then realizing where the process got you on that. But let's kind of cap off here with that emotion again. Like, what's the best feeling a better can have betting the NBA? Is it getting right a money line dog who actually cashes? Is it betting something live, catching the exact uh, bottom or apex of a run? Like, what's your best NBA betting, feeling, emotion, memory. Nothing for me is more satisfying is when I find the most obscure player and the books just refuse to adjust the lines on him. Yes. This year, it was Io Dosimo. four and a half points. Let's go. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, this year is Io Dosimo who played, who came into a, a nice role with uh, Lonzo Ball going out early mid, uh, midseason. And then last year, it was Moses Brown, his rebound props for a tanking Thunder team. Nothing makes me happier when they just continue to just keep it at the same line, just throwing it out there very lazily. So, and I'd also say, going back to your last point about live betting, yeah. it's very key to price shop because a lot of these books will, will hang stale lines, especially towards the ends of the halves or end of quarters that you might be able to capitalize on. So just be aware of that as well. Yeah, Matt, let me ask you, I know you're very disciplined in this sport here, but what's your favorite kind of betting the NBA memory, emotion, feeling when you saw it go your way? Yeah, for me, it's about when you're in those playoff series and you think there's value on the other side, especially in the dogs, and you are able to hit that matchup perfectly, especially with where the lines are at, because you don't even need to win. We bet Wolves plus two and a half win spread on versus the Grizzlies, and that hit. And when you're able to find these moments where you have just got it pegged and you know the matchup and you wind up being right because the other team just did not match up right, for me, that's the satisfaction of being able to figure out the complex puzzle, the X's and O's and the rotations and the coaching matchups. That to me is the best when we're able to solve those puzzles for what people aren't expecting. You get great payout and you see the whole board. It's why I do a lot of finals matchups and things like that. Cause I want to see the whole board and figure out how things are going to line up with the dominoes in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. And you know, one last thing you said is you talked about the rotations 
and knowing the player rotations is really important, especially in the prop market, you know, knowing when those guys are going to sit for the last minute of the first quarter and the first four minutes of the second quarter and how naturally that prop bet is going to go down. Wait until you know they're about to come back into the game and you get the bottom of that number. Absolutely agree. Well, this has been another episode of our Experts Guide series here on the Action Network, this time focused on how to bet the NBA. I got to ask you guys both real quick, Matt and Dan. Matt, how can we follow all your bets, all your action? Just download the Action Network app. You can follow me on there at HP Basketball. I'm also on Twitter at HP Basketball. The app is the best way for you to track your picks, get up to second information where the bets and money are coming in on. You can follow me and Dan both in there. You just got to download the Action Network app. Absolutely. And Dan, what's your handle out there as well? Super creative. Follow me at Dan Titus, D-A-N-T-I-T-U-S. 58% hit rate and 9% ROI this season in NBA betting. So follow me there. Oh, I like the plug. I asked you at the top of the show, what makes you an expert? You should have said that right then <laughs> and there. Well, there you guys have it. Another edition of the Experts Guide to Betting. Thanks a lot, guys. See you next time.